0: what's going on everybody it's me mark of BlurDography. and if you don't know me by now i'm a cosplay photographer and content creator on youtube and today i'm here to announce that i've started a podcast right here on anchor you can join me every week to hear my nerdy guests have nerdy debates and nerdy interviews as we dig into why we are black nerds ourselves if you're a cosplayer if you're a photographer if you're a content creator if you're somebody who just reads comic books and is interested in this world join us every week and we'll hopefully enlighten you on the journey and i'm back again with another episode of blurred cast and today we're doing another Black Nerd interview. I have someone who I've wanted to do an interview with and just be in the presence of for so long. I've had the privilege of working with this gentleman uh, just this past year in 2021. I've just been a fan of everything he's done since he's created this one group that I am a huge fanboy for. I want to go ahead and introduce my guest. Go ahead and uh, say hello to the audience out there.
1: Hey, folks, this is Channing Sherman, one of the founders of Black Geeks Dragon Con. And thanks for the kind words, Mark. We enjoyed. Working with you,
0: no problem. Where can everybody find you on the internet?
1: If you do a search for DC Black Geeks, you'll find us. So DC is in DragonCon. You can also look for us on Facebook at Black Geeks of DragonCon. But we're on um, Instagram, Twitter. Just got on TikTok, but I promise you will not see me doing any dances on there anytime soon.
0: I'm sure you'll find dancers. You know, dances to crave on TikTok. We got to get you on there.
1: I don't know if there's enough brown liquor in the world.
0: <laughs> All right, let me just ask you, since this uh, since this is your first time on the show, what are you currently uh, consuming? Like, what shows are you watching, games are you playing, books are you reading right now?
1: Right now, games, I need to get back into gaming. I started strong, and over the last few years, I've kind of fallen off, mainly because my computer has gotten older and I can't run the ones that I want to. I'm loving Peacemaker right now, Young Justice. I'm getting caught up on that one Um, and honestly a couple of non-sci-fi shows. Um, I'm really big on Grand Crew and Abbott Elementary, um, two uh, sitcoms with majority Black cast. So those are all in heavy rotation for me right now.
0: Okay. Um, I myself am enjoying Peacemaker very much. It's, uh, I think, something that the superhero genre needed. And I've heard a lot about some of the other shows you talked about. Uh, I had a guest on just last night who was telling me about Abbott Elementary, and I think I want to check that out. I just refused to buy another subscription service right now to just consume one particular show
1: right now it is on regular tv
0: oh it is well you know i haven't had that since the right
1: yeah that's the case with a lot of things but but yeah um going back to peacemaker peacemaker i like it because you have this idea of not every hero is necessarily going to be a good guy right and i think it really does kind of a good job of you know delving into that and i gotta be honest vigilante is fast becoming a favorite
0: oh yeah he he you know no spoilers here for that right. but he he stole the show in the most recent episode uh yeah, he, he definitely is. my favorite character and i i just want to see what they do with this character and just that show in general it has a strong cash john cena definitely carrying the show and like, everything he does is just is gold in that show. Uh, Danielle Brooks, all, everybody else is just doing an amazing job and I'm just enjoying being in that world. So I'm very grateful for it. I'm glad they continue uh, what they built from the Suicide Squad movie and just put all the best parts into this uh, HBO Max series.
1: Right, and I'm calling it now. You are going to see a lot of vigilante cosplay at Dragon Con
0: this year. Oh, definitely, definitely. There's going to be a ton of vigilante cosplay. I can see that right now. It's going to be the new Harley Quinn Deadpool Loki Yep, yep. All right, so with that said, let's go ahead and segue into... The nit and gritty of the interview, of uh, the beginning part. Uh, tell me about your, your geek story. Uh, tell me about how did you get into geek culture and what was it like for you growing up?
1: Well, it's funny for me. Um, it wasn't really geek culture when I was growing up. That's not what they called it. They just called it not being cool. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm um, in my 40s, so I'm old enough to remember when nerds didn't have a TV show. Like we didn't have a Big Bang Theory and a young Sheldon and um, oh gee there's another one but it's escaping me. We just weren't the cool kids and I never thought of it as geek culture. I just thought of it as I had some different interests from other people. While a lot of kids at my school were bringing Sports Illustrated and um, the East Bay catalogs um, East Bay catalogs that used to be like Christmas in the black community because you can see when all the new shoes came out While they were bringing that to school. I was bringing my G.I. Joe and Transformers comic books because that was kind of my big thing I was way more into Cartoons and sci-fi shows before I got into football um, Watching it not playing it obviously. So for me, I never really thought of it as black geek culture or even geek culture. I just thought of it as just my different set of interest. Um, I went to predominantly black schools. I always jokingly say the most diverse school I went to was my college and that was an HBCU. Um, Every school I attended before college was 99.9% black. So, you know, I was very aware that I was a black kid who had a little bit of different interest than most of the other kids i was around but again i never thought of it as black geek culture i just thought of it as something different and i think the people around me just thought of it as something that was not Air quotes, cool.
0: That's that's interesting um that you think of it like that. Cause me, I'm a slightly younger generation. We're actually not that far apart in age, to be honest. But I'm from a slightly younger generation, and like my dad's generation, who grew up in the '70s and '80s, I look at them as like OG black nerds because they were the ones going to comic book shops and. Mm -hmm. They're allowing some of the action figures and things like that, and started bringing it into uh, the Black community. Because prior to that, you know, 1960s, early 1970s, civil rights movement, segregation, desegregation, assassinations of our leaders and things like that. So you don't, prior to that, you don't see the Black community like embracing or doing anything with the geek community. I even, in um, MLK, they just passed and one of the most interesting things I found out about Dr. King was how he went, God, I got to think of her name. What is her name? It's on the tip of my tongue. Michelle oh, Nichols. There you go, Michelle Nichols. Yeah. Um, he went to Michelle Nichols and convinced her to stay on the original Star Trek series because she was going to quit and walk out because of the racism and all the things she was enduring. You know, I she told her story of how her favorite fan wants to meet her and she was like, oh, my favorite fan has to wait because Dr. King is here and come to find out Dr. King is Dr.
1: that. Dr. King woman. was the fan. Yeah. Right.
0: And, you know, I just find that like amazing cuz you I didn't know that. I've heard mm-hmm. stories, personal accounts from my grandparents who met Dr. King and marched with him uh in various, you know, area and you know throughout his career and I never heard that story until seeing it on YouTube just this past year alone. So I think we have a yearning to want to explore things that are outside of us in our community and also be a part of those things. So I find it fascinating just humbling that you see it in the way that you do. And that's kind of why I wanted to have you once, so I could share your story and get your insight of it. Now, let me ask you, uh, this might be a little personal question, but let me ask you this, what were some of the challenges you have faced of uh, growing up being a black nerd in your generation? I would say
1: finding people to nerd out with was a little bit tricky, because again, it was just considered to be not cool or not popular. And the internet in the early to mid 90s was not a thing. Well, I won't say it wasn't a thing, but it definitely was not what it is now. So you didn't have those online communities um, that you could go to. So, you know, it made it a little bit trickier to find people with overlapping interests. But I will say when you found them, you appreciated them more just because you knew how hard it was to find one. Um, especially if it was at the risk of sounding sexist, especially if it was a woman, uh, or in my case at the time, a girl, you didn't know about that many of them. So, you know, seeing a girl that you could talk about comic books or this new thing called a computer that was popping up in schools, yeah, that was like finding a unicorn. So I definitely think because we were so spread out and didn't have the connectivity that we have now, I think you, you appreciated it more um i will say i don't necessarily feel like i was picked on a lot for being a nerd um i went to school in a time where everybody got picked on equally um it's very difficult to explain you know you wear the wrong outfit to school one day and you were gonna get clowned on it for the remainder of the school year so it wasn't necessarily just we're only gonna pick on nerds they really did pick on everybody when I was growing up. There was no such thing as a sacred cow. So that so that was another advantage um, that I think we had. But yeah, I think the big thing was just we didn't have those expanded communities um, like we have now. I, there was no real comic book conventions or anything in South Louisiana that I'm aware of in the 90s. I mean obviously there are some now, so, you know, those chances and those places where you could get together were few and far between.
0: Okay. Um, again, that's very interesting. Um, let me ask you this. What are some of the things uh, from your childhood that you carry over now into your adulthood that you were still a fan of? Um, and it can be anything.
1: Oh, I mean, anybody who knows me that's listening to this is gonna shout the answer with me. It's, it's G.I. Joe. I. I was a fan of Western animation. Um, But G.I. Joe was my A1, but I watched everything. Transformers, Brave Star, Wacky Races, all of that. But G.I. Joe was my first love, the cartoon um, and the comic books. And that's carried over into today um, when they relaunched that classified series. I knew that I was going to be spending a good portion of my disposable income on the figures. Um, I try and find some of the old stuff when I can, but it's in demand so it's kind of expensive and um, I'm engaged now and I'm pretty sure my fiance knows that I'm gonna need room for a G.I. Joe aircraft carrier that is the holy grail of toys for G.I. Joe collectors and to find a vintage one it's gonna run you four figures easily and it's somewhere between six and seven feet long so you need space to store it but there, that's going in the man cave as soon as I can find one and have space for it But yeah, definitely G.I. Joe has stuck with me, but uh, my love of animation in general um, has also stuck with me. I love um, the Netflix series um, that they've been rolling out. Um, Super Crooks is one that I've been getting into. Um, So I'd say, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that stuck with me.
0: So let me ask you this since you kind of brought up in the 80s slash 90s you kind of get this interesting crossroads of the animations between the two decades so let me ask you this in your opinion which decade had the better cartoons was it the 80s with he-man and transformers or the 90s with the tons of things we had going up as kids Ooh,
1: um i will i would put it in terms of basketball i think 80s had the deeper lineup. I think there were just so many good cartoons in the 80s because people were just churning them out. But the 90s, they had a dream team because the 90s alone, you just got to say X-Men and Batman the Animated Series. Yep. I mean, those two were just so freaking good. So it's like, what do you prefer? Do you prefer a team that's 12 really good players deep or do you prefer a team that's got, you know, three superstars and a bunch of supporting players? You know, it's it's kind of a six in one hand, um, half dozen in the other. But that's, I would definitely say just in terms of overall quality, I would go with the 90s, but just depth, I'd go 80s.
0: That's funny. Okay, I like that take on that, because I have a completely different take on that. Really? All right? Well, I guess I'll say for me, because I'm a late 80s baby, but I was raised in the 90s. So I think the 90s was like the golden age of Western cartoons and things And the 80s was Mm -hmm. just stuff made to sell toys to kids.
1: You got a point there. You got a point (laughs) there. Because again, going back to Batman, the animated series, I remember some toys from that cartoon, but not a lot. I just remember it being incredibly well written, incredibly well acted. Um, yeah, in the 80s, if you had a cartoon, you were expected to sell toys to help cover the cost. Um, I, again, as much as I love G.I. Joe, I'll acknowledge it's a 30-minute commercial. Yeah. One of the guys who used to work on it, I was listening to an interview with him, um, Buzz Dixon, he would mention how sometimes Hasbro would come up and say, hey, can you put this vehicle or this vehicle in the cartoon? so that we can try and you know get more people to buy them.
0: All right, so let's move on now to, I guess to of what I want to get to, Black Geeks of Dragon Con. Let's talk about that. Let's just start at the beginning. Where did the idea of Black Geeks of Dragon Con come from? And how did you go about implementing it uh, into the convention system and having it every day? Um, It kind of started as a
1: joke. Um, I went to my first Dragon Con in 2008 and I'm by no means a professional photographer, but I I like to take pictures. And so when I came home, I was posting photos and someone made a joke about, oh, I bet you were the only, you know, black person there. And just on a whim, I just kind of went and pulled all the photos that I had of people of color and just made a gallery and just called it Black Geeks at Dragon Con. And then it just kind of became a thing, 2009, 2010, 2011. Whenever I would see a person of color there, I would make it a point to go and try and get a picture of them or with them. And I wanna say it was 2014, I was there with um, some family and friends. And one of them just said, you know, instead of chasing all these people down, you should just, you know, have your own photo shoot. And I kind of laughed it off, haha, yeah, sure, I'd, I'd never do that. And they kind of kept, you know, needling me and saying, hey, have you thought about doing that? And so I wanna say, probably February of 2015 or so, I just created a Facebook group and an event, and it kind of took off from there. Um, yeah, like I say, kind of started as a joke. I'm almost ashamed to say this now, but if I had known how big it was gonna get when I started it, I don't know if I would have done it because as things start to get bigger, you, you feel a little bit more pressure, a little bit more, more stress. Um, I'm glad I did it. But if I had known then what I know now, I don't know if I would have had the courage um, to do it.
0: Do you regret doing it now?
1: Oh, no, 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 definitely, definitely not. I um I would say the sense of community that has come from it has outweighed any stress that i've felt from it um i've legitimately had people come up to me and say hey i didn't see a lot of people who looked like me before this event um there are some people i only get a chance to see them at this event because for people who don't know dragon con is huge and it's kind of spread out and so you could say hey i'm going to the con oh i'm going to the con you will never see those people right so this yeah because it's just huge it's you know like six different buildings in the middle of downtown atlanta so this idea of okay all the black geeks let's just all get together and take a picture and have a mini family reunion um yeah for some people that was kind of their chance to connect and to reach out so i i don't regret it um my rule for it has always been, I don't want it to get to be too much like work for the people who helped me out. And last year was probably the first time where we kind of came close to breaking that rule, but by and large, it's it's still a lot of fun and I, I, I don't regret doing it.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. I had a lot of fun last year. Thank you for having me out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to tell you a little funny story, tidbit about that first year you did Black Games Dragon Con. Um, it, I, it was 2015, yep. and then I've gone to Dragon Con since, I think, 2005, 2006, so I've gone to, like, Dragon Con almost every year, and, you know, we're in Atlanta, we're in Georgia, and one of the first things you kind of notice when you walk in is, hmm, there's not a lot of us here,
1: mm-hmm. but then
0: you find us, and you're like, why are we, like, off in the outskirts and in the corners in the basements of these hotels and just trying to find other people like us. Like, why, you know, is Dragon Con kind of so a little segregated in a sense? Cause you, I've seen plenty of documentaries of PBS and local television about Dragon Con. Uh, you can pull them up on the internet. There, it's almost a ghost town, just everybody there, same complexion. And not there's anything wrong with that, but I was like, Atlanta's mostly black. You go to Dragon Con and walk around, it's half people of color there. Where's that representation? So 2015, I'm at the Hilton. Uh I'm watching a bunch of photo shoots, and all of a sudden, someone just sprays out a bunch of cards everywhere in the air, and it's Black Geeks of Dragon Con cards. And I, you know, happened to pick up a few, it's like Black Geeks of Dragon Con. I've never heard of this. So me and my friends, we kinda huddled together and it was like okay, this is going to be Saturday, or I forgot what day it was, I think it was Saturday that first year.
1: Yeah, Um, I think it was.
0: Yeah, so I was like- In Hardy Ivy Park. Right, and leave Ivy Park, so I was like, all right, we definitely got to do it. It's at 2 p.m., so I think it was the next day. Um, I missed the parade, but I was like, nope, we got to go down there for this Black Geeks of Dragon Con. I remember Ubering down there and in the Uber, sitting there trying to get my camera all together, because I've just started- being a cosplay photographer, and I jump out of the car and I see like six black people dressed up in JD Power Ranger costumes. I didn't know at the time it was the usual Rangers. Mm-hmm. And- you were y'all y'all was about to get ready for the group shoot i just jumped out the uber almost fell and just started taking pictures all the pictures were blurred because i didn't even have time to, to set my focus and everything and i was like yo this is like the best thing ever and since then it's just grown it becomes so big like 2019 it was so many people there oh yeah know, just how big it was and just because you did the hard work and putting all these people together. I've been able to meet other cosplayers, other videographers, photographers, people who do any and everything who just support black geeks. Thank you. You brought so many talented, interesting people together. Um and I was like, one day i'm I'm gonna do an interview, a documentary, or something, and I'm gonna do it about this because this be- since the first time you did it, it became the only reason why i go to dragon con oh
1: wow it's, thank it's you it's
0: consumed like i love dragon con just by itself but now that you have Black Sub dragon con i'm like that's the only part of it i care about now um so just thank you you have had a hand in me being a cosplay photographer just because of that group oh wow
1: oh wow thanks man I, that was that's i'm just being honest. i don't know i'm speechless man but i appreciate that I'm, that's I'm, um I'm, yeah. I'm,
0: I am just being honest, like, you know, I'm a fan of the culture and just black geeks doing stuff. And you had an idea that I had that I didn't even know other people had and brought together and since then I'm like, no, this is the thing we do every year. This is definitely going to be the highlight of every con that I go to. And I'm like, where is this at MomoCon, the AWA and Winterfest and all these other cons? We need black geeks of Atlanta, just every con, we need black geeks there.
1: It just kind of rolled deep yeah it's um it's it been a labor of love and you're right the growth has been interesting because we went from about 25 or 30 and then the next year i think we had about 50 or so and then i just blinked and we were between two and three hundred those back stairs at the hilton we constantly packed them with people it's It's been amazing, the the quick amount of growth, um, not just of the Black Geeks Dragon Con group, but I'll say it, Dragon Con as a whole, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm by no means saying that they're a racial utopia, but I have seen more representation at Dragon Con over the years, especially since I started going in 2008. I can't say if our group has had anything to do with that, Um, I would like to think that it has. but Yeah, I've definitely just seen more people of color, more people with um, disabilities, um, a larger LGBTQ presence has been there. So I I think it's good. I like seeing different cosplays on different body types. I like seeing the mashups that people do. And yeah, I I just think kind of like you said, you don't want to see a sea of whiteness in a convention you like to see some color and some different views and some different opinions while you're there
0: right uh exactly so let me ask you this uh what has been your greatest experience with running black Kids of dragon con so far like just any one moment in all the years you've been running the group oh boy um
1: three things come to mind um obviously we always say our cosplayers are the stars the people who show up the black geeks who show up for the family reunion but it was nice that year christine adams showed up and actually you know said a few words and then even when she posed for the picture um she went to different areas within the group so she started at the bottom then kind of went in the middle of the crowd then to the top of the crowd so everybody kind of got a chance to have her in their section um, that was a really kind of a big moment that I think, maybe not for me, but for other people, kind of legitimized um, the group. And then I, I'd say I that,
0: that. I remember that. Yeah.
1: yeah, but then I'd say just for me personally, it's kind of like I said before the fact that for a lot of people, this has become a must see event. Even if there's, I mean, again, Christine Adams was the only time we had a celebrity there every other time it's people coming for the cosplayers or just to see people that they don't normally get to see. And that for me is probably the biggest success I would say. Um, Heaven forbid if something comes up and I can't make it to Dragon Con to do it, I feel comfortable in the fact that there are some people there that would, you know, carry it on because it's become a family reunion. It's become its own official meetup. And I think the thing that people like about it is, it's not a protest, it's a party. We're not there saying, oh, we we don't like what Dragon Con does. No, we're saying, hey, we're a part of Dragon Con. Just like Geeks Over 40 is a part of Dragon Con. Just like the Deadpool Corps is a part of Dragon Con. We're just another subset of the fandom, and I think people like
0: that. Um- yeah, I 100% agree with you. I'm definitely, like I said, is the main reason why I go to Dragon Con now. I will still go every year, but it just, like I wouldn't look forward to it like how I do now. Like I'm sitting here planning everything that I'm doing. And like I told you earlier, uh, I'm setting aside more time to just help you and the rest of the staff on Black Geeks to Dragon Con, just to make it bigger than it has ever been. Like. Uh, since the world ended and we <laughs> missed the con in 2020 and then we had a resurgence in 2021 um, you know we had to do some things differently but I want 2022 to be like you said I want that family reunion we ain't yep. seen each other in almost 2-3 years let's just have a party um, mm-hmm. you know I've done my part to try to bring as many people to Black Geeks of Dragon Con regardless of race, creed, color, black background, ethnicity and i've gotten a lot of people but there are still some people who've seen the group and mm-hmm. they respect it and just don't want to intrude with their likeness because they don't feel like that is their place or some people like oh why do these people get this type of attention and i'm like that that's not what they do here you know this is for everybody you know regardless this is just for everybody this is for anyone who just wants to cosplay and who just supports more diversity and even last year i heard people like oh we need to create latino cosplayers of dragon con and some other stuff and i was like yeah do it you know Mm -hmm. if you need to be included in that sense go ahead and do it but the door is open for everybody
1: oh yeah definitely we we're not trying to to shun anybody or Say that you know, black cosplayers are in some way superior, and honestly, you mentioned things that I like about it. The years when I've done it, and I've looked out at, at the photographers and fans who are there, and I see white faces, or I see you know, Asian people, I when I see all these other races and nationalities, and uh orientations there you know supporting us or taking their own photos i think that's a good thing you know we we appreciate that support
0: cool so where do you want to take black to dragon con in the future uh like you said it's grown a lot but where do you want to go next
1: um i you mentioned this earlier and it's true um i wouldn't mind hitting some other conventions um just to kind of raise awareness Um, I think there are some opportunities there, so maybe start at some, you know, Comic Con would be great, but I know, you know, Blurred Con, I'd love to attend, Uh, Momo Con, there's a couple out in Houston that I like, so I'd say I would like to have a presence at other conventions, but I think the one thing that people have asked for the most is for us to host a party at Dragon Con. And that is gonna require some fundraising, which is something that I am not particularly good at, but um, it's something I would definitely like to do, Um, to just host a party, you know, and just, invite people have a dj and just you know have a good old time with everybody
0: definitely think you can get that accomplished for a lot less than what you think uh i can name three djs that's already a part of black Beast of dragon cone we can call up right now to get that situated uh, well i'll and, tell
1: you i'll tell you and we can go into this you know offline the biggest issue has been venues uh we right. looked at some places and don't get me wrong i'm a fan of paying people i don't believe in the whole do this for exposure thing but you got to work with us a little bit um some of them were asking some really high prices for such a, a relatively small group right um so that that's probably been the big hurdle yeah we've had a couple of djs who've reached out to us and said hey we'll do it um hey we've had a couple of people in the group who volunteered to show up with their bluetooth speakers and phones um so the participation is there we just got to find a place to actually have it
0: okay all right well um, it's atlanta well when it's Mm-mm. in atlanta there's plenty of places we can try out. There's, like, always Battle and There's Joystick Game Bar. There's a lot of geeky restaurants and bars and venues around Atlanta where we can try to do something. Um, mm-hmm. well, I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, another thing I want to add, like, I've been having to do a parade for years, and I <laughs> do not... I will not be satisfied until I see Black of Dragon Con marching down Peachtree Street in the parade.
1: We, that That's another one. It, that one is after party or maybe at the same time as party. Um, what we're actually looking at doing is um, maybe partnering up with the diversity track. Um, they, they plan on having a presence this year. I was actually going to talk to you about that later also. They will definitely be in the parade again this year. So we thought about maybe trying to partner up with them but it comes down to time and resources um i've got a good crew supporting me but i again i don't want it to become too much like work for them so i try not to throw too much at them um but yeah the parade would be fun um especially we could get you know like a cool float or something um i love um there's a group um they have a pirate ship I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if we we had, you know, maybe not necessarily a pirate ship, but yeah, if we had a nice float with a theme, um, I would love to do the parade. Um, it's something that I recommend that everybody at Dragon Con do at least once. Definitely. Um, I know. Yeah, I know a lot of the old heads. You know that they use that time to rest, but I feel like if you know if you're a first timer or relatively new, it's good to check out the parade, and I, I would love to actually take part in it one year.
0: Uh, and the added benefit, it's on TV now. Uh, so yeah. you not have to you don't have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning on Saturday and go wait in line uh, exactly. or you know, just all that because I've had stories from like being on the side of the street trying to get to the parade, trying to watch it on TV, and I've mm-hmm. been in the parade helping other groups do photography and video for them. So I have all types of stories to tell with that. But you brought up something interesting that I would like to get into. Uh, you mentioned your crew that works with you on Black Beasts of Dragon Con. you like to, um, let's talk about them for a little bit. How did you come <laughs> about finding this amazing crew of people, and how do you go about looking for new people to add to the team?
1: It started with family. Had a cousin who lived in Atlanta, and she and her then-boyfriend, now-husband, Um, They joined me one year. Um, They just kind of showed up and they were like, oh, man, we kind of like this Dragon Con thing. And then I want to say that was 2014 when they were, you know, trying to convince me to do it. Um, Another cousin and one of their friends showed up and we were just, you know, in the hotel room chilling after a long day. And that's when um, David, he brought it up and said, hey, you ought to just have a photo shoot. And it just kind of snowballed from there, and they are, I could call them a street team, because you talked about handing out the cards and everything. You could could call them a street team, but they also help out a lot with the planning. Um, David is a really good project manager, so he keeps me on my toes. Uh, My cousin Mercedes, she's usually the timekeeper when we are actually doing the shoots. Uh, We've got Sam and Kwaku, who are usually um, helping out with photos in the background and people wrangling. Um, Tamara, my fiance, she's she's about to be married into it. Um, She is by no means a geek, but she supports me. So, and oh, she I also couldn't likes
0: cuz she was the happiest person to be there uh, last year.
1: Oh yeah, well, she also likes being able to tell people what to do. Oh, okay, So, well, and yeah, <laughs> so I was like, okay, you work over there, you know, try and get people rounded up. Oh yeah, she loved that. But um it, it's growing on her. It, it's growing on her. She she's not as big a nerd as I am, but she's got a couple of things that she likes. And again, she's very much supportive of me and my interests. Um, So, yeah, that's that's kind of how it started. Um, I may be the face of it, but those other folks that I named, they really helped me keep it going. Um, Especially David, because there have been some times I've been like, I I, I don't I don't know if I can do this, man. And he's he's always right there to help uh, pick up the slack.
0: What doors has creating this group opened for you? Like, how has your life theoretically changed since 2015 when you created this group? Professionally,
1: I mean, I've had a chance to get on some panels at DragonCon, which I actually um, enjoy doing. And um, so I've had a chance to get on there because more people, you know, kind of see me and recognize me. Um, Got featured on BET, so that was always fun. I also think just going through the process of submitting panels and and ideas I've kind of applied that to uh, my work. So, you know, trying to get in at different conferences and professional developments. But personally, I think it's kind of helped me because I wasn't always, it's kind of helped me come out of my shell a little bit. The chanting that you see at Dragon Con is probably a little more outgoing and extroverted than normal chanting and i think dragon con really helped bring a lot of that out and specifically the black geeks photo shoot um so yeah professionally and personally it is it has been a benefit now again there have been some days of stress and worry but i'm happy to say that the good definitely outweighs the bad so far
0: okay um what has been uh some of the challenges you face uh, since starting Lightning like, Dragon con
1: um so uh, kind of like I mentioned a lot of this stuff usually the bigger things that we want to do requires money um thankfully you know it's not nobody's going broke doing it but we're also not getting rich doing it I mean you know we print up you know a couple of hundred cards every year sometimes some little handouts but um if we want to grow we're gonna need to figure out a way to get some money you know in terms of sponsorships or something like that and fundraising is something i've never particularly been good at and i think anytime you have something and it starts to grow um you have to worry about it because you get more moving pieces um if as i'm sure you know scheduling these photo shoots around other things that's going on um can kind of be like herding cats sometimes yes um, We've been fortunate and I'm gonna knock on wood. We haven't had any bad faith actors or rabble rousers there and I'm very blessed and happy that that's the case, but you always wonder, okay, is somebody gonna come up there and act a fool and we have to do something about it? And again, thankfully that hasn't been an issue because Dragon Con people are, as a whole, good people. So, the stress that sometimes creeps up on you is definitely a negative but like i said before the good definitely outweighs um the bad
0: all right so let's switch gears a little bit and just talk about your just overall con experience you mentioned that you've gone to a few other cons you mind telling me uh some of your favorite cons you've gone to and why
1: a lot of the ones that i've been to are here um i'm actually located in charleston south carolina and there are two um, comic book stores here and they each have their own con. And they're smaller, but they're actually real nice. And I think they're really good starter cons. Uh, one of them is uh, Captain's Comics Expo. And then the other one is Soundwave Comic Con. Um, I also, I missed it last year, but um, Joe Fest in Augusta is a newer one, but it has gotten huge over the last two or three years. And again, me being the big G.I. Joe fan, um, I really enjoy that one. On my wish list is BlurCon. Con. I really wanted to go last year, but COVID kind of put a damper on that. And then of course, you know, Comic Con is, that, that's the dream, that's the holy grail. Um, I don't think of Comic Con as better or worse than Dragon Con. I just think that it's different and I would really love to check it out one year.
0: Um, same here. I. I... Have blurred on circled on my calendar for 2022. Hope I get to go. And there's something called HBCUCon that's in Maryland. Yes. Um, and I, the president and vice president, actually want to do what we're doing now. They want to do a little interview with me, so I'm actually in the middle of planning that out. So I hope that okay. uh, some good stuff. Um, yeah, and- I sh- yeah.
1: Um, I should have mentioned HBCUCon because I'm actually an HBCU grad. And um, I did the virtual stuff that they had last year. So yeah, that's definitely one I would like to um, to get into in person too. I okay. could go represent my Jaguars.
0: Okay. Um. You mind tell me a little bit about your experience doing the virtual con with them? Oh, I mean, oh yeah, I mean it
1: was great. I mean, virtual is never going to match up with the real experience, but they had a good system in place. Um, I enjoyed the panels that I did get to sit in on um heck they even had a um, virtual karaoke which um i took part in um and i was sober when i did it so <laughs> that tells you how good it was right. uh yeah it, it was really good um i think covid made a lot of conventions have to make a lot of decisions real quick and kind of pivot quickly and i think hbc yukon did a good job of that I think Dragon Con a lot of people didn't like some of their decisions but I think they made the best decisions they could make with the amount of time that they had. Right. And yeah, I think I think you're going to see a return to in-person cons, but I think you're going to see them offer some more virtual stuff just for terms of accessibility, kind of opening it up to a group of people who may have some social anxieties or just financially can't make it out to them to them so yeah i even if the in-person returns i do hope that they all keep a couple of things virtual for people
0: um what is one of your favorite things about attending all the different cons you go to like why do why go to a con
1: specifically with dragon con i love that it's a little bit of everything um because i like a little bit of everything um I log a lot of steps at Dragon Con because I have so many fandoms, I am literally circling all six of the buildings. Um, I mentioned I love western animation. Anime was a blind spot for me, but I'm getting more into it. Um, American sci-fi, I dipped my toe into robotics, Um, that um, American military fiction track. The gaming track, so I love that Dragon Con kind of has all of the things that I like in one place. Um, I tell people all the time, Dragon Con is not just people in spandex. Um, That's a big part of it, but it is by no means the only part. And just as far as going to cons in general, it's something that I like. It gives me a chance to be a fan. And in the case of my G.I. Joe stuff, it does please my inner child. Um, When I go and I see other adults, you know, trying to Pick up some GI Joe toys or I see cosplayers dressed up as figures and characters that I watched on the old cartoon show Professionally you can get a lot out of it, too I mean you get on these panels you start talking to people and you also remember that these people at these conventions They're real people Um, As I'm sure you know, I mean in our group, we've got some doctors. We've got um some cdc employees we've got researchers we've got dance instructors um so you really get a chance to meet some people who you can learn from or who you can just kick it with even outside of the geek space
0: right um i 100 percent agree um and you know just on top of that cosplay is just amazing with that said i want to pivot on to the next section of questions and that's cosplay mm-hmm. um you created a cosplay group for a convention, so obviously you have to cosplay uh what are some of your cosplays uh that you like to dress up as and different characters like to go as
1: i'm still very much a rookie when it comes to cosplay but i i am trying um Last year, I had some plans for things that I wanted to do and then, um, you know, COVID kind of ruined a lot of the planning. Um, At first, I didn't cosplay. I was kind of just a geeky t-shirt guy. And then I started doing a little bit because it made me feel more comfortable approaching other cosplayers to ask them for a photo if I was dressed up. Um, I felt less like a creepy guy, if that makes sense. Um, so I do a lot of cosplay using stuff that I already have, um, Luke Cage, even though I am not built like Luke Cage at all, I will bust out my hoodie with the bullet holes in it and have my, uh, coffee can. I also had, um, Shy Guy from, uh, Mario Brothers and the Mario Kart series, and there was one year, um, I was a big fan of Overwatch, um, like I said, I've kind of fallen off playing video games lately. but for about a year and a half i was big into overwatch and when they had the overwatch pool party i went as a um, swimsuit version of uh, the reaper character so that one was also kind of fun um i've got a few that I'm, i i want to try that are on kind of my step my game up cosplay wish list so we'll have to see how it goes this might be the year for a few of those
0: uh you mind sharing a few of those or you? oh to yeah yeah party?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, none of them are... I mean, so, like, I'm a huge Gambit fan. He's probably one of my favorite comic book characters, period, full stop. Uh, Would love to do a Gambit, um, Frozone. Um, I've had several people tell me, you know, I should do a Frozone. And I want to do a G.I. Joe character, but there are so many that I like. I'm having a hard time uh, picking one. I think I've, last time I checked, I had, had it narrowed down to four, but um, I'm still, you know, working on that one. And I got to be honest, I said it earlier, I'm really thinking about doing Vigilante because I like that character and I like his outfit.
0: I, I think you should definitely do it. Get on the Vigilante train now because you don't want to miss that.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, there, there's a few. Like I said, I mainly started cosplaying just, to make it a little bit easier for me to approach the cosplayers. Um, I realize now I didn't have to do that, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. It gives me a chance to kind of, you know, be somebody else. And um, I encourage, again, it's another thing, try it at least once. It doesn't have to be super involved. Um, there's a thing called co- closet, closet cosplay. Try saying that three times fast. Um, just, you know, have fun and don't judge people when they do it.
0: That's some, that's some good tips. Uh, do you have any other tips for cosplaying for people who might be interested in doing it, or even experts who just might want to try something different? Do you have any other tips you can offer?
1: Um, a lot of my tips really involve kind of the cosplay mindset. Um, just because you don't look exactly like a character, that doesn't mean you can't cosplay them. If you're a size 14 and wanna be Wonder Woman, you're still Wonder Woman. If you are black and don't have six pack abs, but wanna be Superman, put that costume on, be Superman. Um, And kinda let your imagination run wild. One of my favorite things are um, cosplay mashups um i remember one year there was a guy he was obama iron man so he had the iron man armor and under the faceplate he was just wearing an obama mask and i yeah i just thought that was um hilarious um smooth cosplayer he does a lot of good uh cosplay mashups he's got one um the Django fit which is you know a combination of boba fett and uh jamie Foxx's django character yes so yeah
0: i see that that's pretty actually fantastic right there
1: exactly yeah so i i love a good mashup um yeah don't be afraid to let your imagination go wild and don't feel like you have to put thousands of dollars into it if you have a limited budget make do with, with what you have nobody I won't say nobody's going to judge you. People who matter are not going to judge you. Anybody who judges you does not matter. Um, If you have to buy your cosplay, that's fine. Um, I had a quote a while back. Cosplay is cosplay. Doesn't matter if it's sexy cosplay, doesn't matter if it's closet cosplay, store-bought, or if it's homemade from virgin wool sourced from the Himalayas. It's still cosplay. So, you know, just do it and enjoy it. Um, i cannot sew to save my life so any cosplay you see me in will more than likely be bought and i dare anybody to say anything about me for doing it
0: in your i i don't want to say opinion, but who are some of the because you go to a lot of cons and you run black necks the dragon con uh who are some of your favorite cosplayers uh who have like unique and interesting cosplayers you mentioned spook cosplayer somebody we both know um um, I see every time I go to a con. Um, and I can think of a few others, but I'm sure you have, like, cosplayers that stand out to you you want to uh, shout
1: out to. You. Oh, dear. I mean, there's all of them. You've got uh, Jabbar with Cosplay Your Way. Um, he and uh, Walter Dane do some great stuff. Um, LaToya in a royalty cosplay. Um, CC the Geek, uh, Um I, I love a lot of her stuff, uh, especially her Street Fighter. And I love how she incorporates um, her sorority into some of her cosplays. Um, she and some other women did the Sailor Scouts, but they were representing different sororities. So, you know, Deltas, AKAs, S.G.R.O.s. And I thought that was um, that was that was real creative. Okay, but, cool. Yeah, there there is so many. Um, and then sometimes they're just people. They may only do one thing, but they do it so well. It's like it's like okay that's that's them that is what they are known for uh she's um there's a cosplayer she goes by a uh, Remy d and she has a bell from uh beauty and the beast cosplay that I, I i love it every time she does it she really embodies the character and she she just looks great you see kids running up to her um yeah yeah there there's a lot i could sit here all day and name off cosplayers that i like
0: Okay, cool. Um, So you mentioned that you like uh, fusion cosplays and you like a lot of the intricacies of just cosplaying and uh, Mm -hmm. that nature. Uh, What is it about cosplaying that attracts you to it the most outside of what you mentioned? like You mentioned uh, you just like to be that character and just uh, Mm -hmm. watch other cosplayers. Uh, Is there something more to it? Because cosplay has just become this thing that... People are uh, coming to and flocking to in droves, and the community is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Um, I think it's
1: it's embracing the fandom, and again, kind of like I said, it's just you know getting the to, to kind of be that character for a while. Um, it's it's an extra Halloween. It's just is kind of another way um, to look at it. And again, I'm kind of a rookie, but I know just from talking to other cosplayers. Cosplayers like seeing what other cosplayers are doing so that they can kind of step their game up. Especially the ones who do a lot of building and making. I have seen them, you know, ask each other, hey, how did you bond that together? Or what kind of stitch did you use there? What what glue did you use for that? You know, just to see them uh, swapping ideas. Yeah, and just the, the amount of creativity that's into it, that goes into it. It's, it's an art. Most people wouldn't think about it like that, but it, that's exactly what it is. It, it's an art, and I, I
0: appreciate the art. Okay, cool. Um, Now, let's talk about this for a second. Um, I don't want to say it's a movement, but it kind of feels like it's a movement within the cosplay community, and it's something I, I love ever since I started seeing it but what are your thoughts and opinions on the 28 Days of Black Cosplay? We're about to hit Black History Month and all the Black content creators obviously even cosplayers is getting ready for it. It's like Black Christmas almost. Yes,
1: yes. Um, I love it. Um, last year as a group, we actually um, held our own. We invited people to submit photos in and we had enough, I think at one point in time we were running three or four a day. I was you know just hoping we would get 28 for the month and people I mean we had, and people were sending them in up until I want to say like February 25th. Um, I think we're gonna try to do it again this year again, we just gotta get the manpower for it. And you brought up an idea of um, expanding it so that photographers can also submit stuff. So I've got an idea for that, too. But yeah, again, it's just another example of something that's not meant to be a protest, but it's meant to be kind of a showcase. And I can't think of a better time to showcase uh, cosplayers of color than Black History Month. The hashtag has really taken off. And it's it's just cool to see not only the people participating and, you know, putting those pictures up, but the people who are sharing it, the people who are saying, oh, my God, look at all these people that I may not have known about. Let me try and, you know, signal boost them
0: a little bit. Right. Um, So we're almost at the end. I'm actually out of questions. So this is just stuff I'm coming up at the top of my head at this point. What are your opinions about diversity in the geek community and within the cosplay community itself? Uh, do you see that things are changing for the better or uh, do you think a lot of media companies are using diversity as the new fad and to get, you know, just money out of this particular community? Uh, what are your thoughts and opinions on diversity?
1: The answer to all those questions is yes. Um, <laughs> I would say, um, i have definitely seen improvement there is obviously still work to be done um just speaking as it relates to dragon con i mean them adding that diversity track really went a long way and i think the fact that they've expanded their harassment policies also um so definitely i think it's improved there but of course there's always room to go a little bit further as far as companies it is it's a double-edged sword I am sure that there are companies out there that are in good faith saying, hey, we need to have some more diverse offerings. We need to have more diverse creators, more diverse writers, um, just because it'll give us a different eye and a chance to um, make some new stories. On the other hand, I know there are a lot of companies that looked at something like Black Panther that made billions of dollars and then realized, oh, crap. Black people have money too. How can we get some of that? So, I'm, I'm sure it's a little bit of both. I know there are some people who have some very positive and righteous goals for doing it, but I think there's also a segment, segment of it that just kind of see it as an untapped market. I think it's good because it gives us more content. I just hope that they continue doing it. I hope they just don't think, okay, we've made our money from that. Let's move on to the next thing.
0: Right, right. Definitely. I agree with you there. I definitely agree with you there. Just let the audience know, where can everybody find you like, on the internet again? Uh, both the Dragon Con and your personal stuff, if you want to connect with my fans that way.
1: Okay, well, so uh, for the group, we are... Black Geeks of Dragon Con on Facebook and we're DC Black Geeks on pretty much all the other platforms so Twitter Snapchat, Instagram personally you can find me at Channing Sherman on Twitter um it's I'm kind of boring on Instagram but uh when I do have photos I'll post them there I do tweet a lot I get a little political on Twitter so you know buyer beware on that one Um, Also for the group, we do have a website, blackgeeksofdragoncon.com, that's where you can find the 28 days of black cosplay stuff that we've done, and otherwise, yeah, look for me on social media, and if COVID allows it, look for me at DragonCon this year
0: alright cool Uh, is there anything else you want to say or add to this Uh, you know I think this was a great interview I learned a lot about you and I think uh, all my listeners will definitely learn a lot from you is there anything else you want to add
1: if there's one thing you can take away from anything I've said just a while back I came up with three rules for a successful Dragon Con but you can kind of apply it to life have fun, don't judge don't act a fool
0: I think that's just pretty three pretty good rules to just live by every day
1: yeah 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 those always yeah those um yeah those help people get through things so yeah just uh don't judge people have fun with life learn how to let stuff go and cosplay or be as nerdy as you feel like being
0: that's good that's good um so I want to just thank everybody for listening. Um, I you'll definitely see more from this man in the future, especially like if you, you know, we're gonna be working together. Dragon Con 2022 is gonna be lit. Um, just a side note, I don't know if you follow me on YouTube, but I'm in the middle of doing my Dragon Con vlog. I know I'm months late on posting my Dragon Con footage, but I finally have time to sit down and edit it and get stuff together. The so part four is gonna be Blacklist of Dragon Con okay with the yearbook uh, shoot and everything and me being a photographer so I can't wait to have that up um, that's going to be my February 1st first day of uh, 28 Days of Black Cosplay so uh, that's going to be a great
1: great video so oh yeah oh I can't yeah. wait. wait to see that and to share it oh yeah
0: when I when I as soon as I'm done editing it and putting it together and posting it I'm going to send you a link we're going to the run and go Um, But for the audience, uh, thank you for listening to Blurredcast. Thank you for listening on Spotify and Anchor. And if you haven't already, please go to YouTube and search for Blurredography subscribe to my channel. Follow me there where I do all types of cosplay photography and nerdy content. And you can also follow me on Blurdiography on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and anywhere else there's social media. Trust me, I'm everywhere. Um, just thank y'all for listening. I would like to give another round of applause to my guests. Thank you so hey. much for just sharing your story and just being the best Black nerd you can be because without what you have done, I wouldn't be here doing this right now.
1: Hey, man, thanks for having me on, and thank you very much uh, for the kind words. I will be sure to share them with the rest of the group, too, because, like I say, I'm not a one-man show, but um, it's it's good to know that people appreciate what we're
0: doing. All right. It is is good to know that and to just hear that. Um, So thank you for being on, and uh, mahalo.